Hello, Coach Me members, and welcome to the ins and outs of oncology aesthetics, skincare, and hair solutions. I'm Dori Sukup, founder of Inspiration Management, and with me today is a very special guest. Her name is Morag Curran. Before I introduce Morag, I would like to make a couple of small announcements. I am so excited to bring to you this new Coach Me Expert interview program where every month I will be interviewing a spa industry expert. The purpose of this program is to help you gain insights, strategies, and keep up with the latest and the greatest trends. You will have the best of both worlds. You get to hear from two experts, my guests and myself. As a member, you are able to access a private member page where you can download audio and listen to it at any time. For those of you who are with us live, you're able to email us questions to info at inspirationmanagement.com. So let me go ahead and start by introducing Morag, and then we'll dive right into the content of today. Morag Curran is a highly sought-after aesthetic educator. She has over 22 years' experience in the spa industry. For the last 11 years, she has focused on training where she pioneered the only oncology aesthetic certification program for spa professionals. Her program is now taught all over the world. As a matter of fact, I was just chatting with Morag a little bit before we started, and she's heading to Australia. Yes, her educational programs are taught in Australia, in Canada, in Italy, in South Africa, New Zealand, literally all over the world, including the United Kingdom and, of course, the U.S. She's also an author. She has a book on oncology aesthetics. It's a practitioner's guide and health to challenges that people experience with oncology, and it's a great desk reference for professionals. Her students learn to incorporate adjustments to spa treatments specifically for people undergoing cancer treatments. They're taught to screen for cancerous skin lesions and to bring cancer survivors' skin back into balance. She has traveled, obviously, around the globe training and giving her expertise to people like yourself, and that's why I'm so happy to have her as our as the expert of the month person to join us and share all her expertise with us. Hello, Morag. It's great to have you. Thanks, Dori. I'm very happy to be here. I'm very uh-huh. happy to share what I can in the time that we have here together. Well, good. So today we're going to focus on... Uh, skin, and as well as also hair, which I think that's a topic that we haven't touched on before you and I. Uh, Morak was a guest of mine uh, before on this call to our community, and I'm so glad that she's back again. And today we're going to focus on some things to help you uh, maybe consider taking uh, one of her courses to learn how to introduce oncology aesthetics within your facility and help members of the community as well as helping your spa uh, bring in a new revenue stream, which is best for both worlds, right? So let's start with what is oncology aesthetics and uh, oncology hairdressing? Maybe that's a good place to start, Morag. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dory, oncology aesthetics is essentially training for any spa professional, particularly the aesthetician, that doesn't eliminate whether the person is a cosmetologist, a massage therapist, 
a spa director, anybody that wants to learn about this disease called cancer, um, the Oncology Aesthetics Foundation training um, really has a very strong curriculum based on international standards, um, and we do like to cover um, a lot of content in that course about the disease because whilst there are many other diseases out there, and I do think that spa therapists need to at least know what the more common diseases are out there, I think cancer has such... Uh, complications because of the cancer treatment that is actually applied. So it's really, really important to learn about the disease. It is a medical disease. Um, cancer treatment, as I say, are quite debilitating, particularly if somebody has to have uh, the combination of different treatments that they are. I mean, of course, the best outcome is if somebody you know, just has to have a surgical procedure but doesn't have to worry about going through chemotherapy or some of the other drug therapies and your radiation therapy. Um, so it just depends. Every person is so different. Um, the focus then, once you know about the disease, is how to look at the side effects and then how to make those adaptations in the actual spa setting. So I think it's really important to also um, look at a whole picture here and not just about, well, I can just make a difference by modifying the pressure. Um, as we go through the um, different slides that you have, you will see that I will touch on different examples, which I think will make it very helpful for everybody that's um, on this webinar. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the oncology hairdressing goes, um, there really is an unspoken market for here. Um, there are a lot of people that go through chemotherapy, and I'm not saying all chemo drugs cause hair loss or full hair loss, but there are many cytotoxic chemotherapy drugs that will cause hair loss. And psychologically, this is quite impactful on somebody who, you know, from a cultural perspective or from a feminine perspective, women love hair and love hair on their head. But they also... Um, lose their sense of who they are if they lose their brows and lose their lashes. So it's imperative that these people that are losing hair uh, actually have a way to compensate for it, a way to make up for it, and whether that is by wearing wigs uh, for the scalp or whether that's having somebody teach them how to reconstruct or re, you know, reconstruct brows using you know, your powders, pencils, um, stamps, even eyebrow wigs, that kind of stuff. So oncology hairdressing is very new with us. We've just launched off here in Canada. And I've got to say that it is a two-day program here in Canada, and it, it was absolutely amazing to see how interested hairdressers are in wanting to know about the disease and all the other complications that come with it, for example, from a psychological perspective, and a woman perhaps having a squamous cell carcinoma removed from her face and have, having to have so much reconstructive surgery that her looks have definitely been affected, or looking at the person who's lost that breast and who, who didn't opt for reconstruction, and then instead they have an option of breast forms with mastectomy bras. So I was absolutely surprised, actually, that the hairdressers wanted more information, um, and they really wanted a lot more about wigs um, and learning about the wigs, but the psychological impact was something, too, that made the world of difference to what they were learning about because, you know, at the end of the day, they said they really didn't realize how um, 
I'd say damaging cancer and cancer treatment can be from both a physical, mental, and spiritual perspective. So anyway, so we have something that really is driven for the esthetician, um, and then we've got something that's really driven for the cosmetologist or the hairdresser, but they can cross over. Um, obviously, people that are focusing more with the hairdressing will get more information on wigs, and the focus would be more on that, whereas the aesthetics or skincare would focus more on the skincare. So I just think that it's just really important um, to have a full picture. Mm-hmm. You know what? Um, actually, as I'm hearing you speak about the hairstylists and the hair salons, actually I'm very shocked uh, how few of them actually have wigs or offer such programs. And that is such a missed opportunity really to make a difference in their community and to help their clients. I don't Absolutely. know why they don't do that. I don't know why they don't do that more often. I'm actually now that I hear you speak about it, I rarely, rarely see wigs or some kind of an offering like this within salons that I visit. Yeah. Well, you know, wigs are much more prevalent in the world of, um, I would say, like your African, African-American, Afro-Canadians and that. Um, they love different wigs every day. Often when I have a student attend my class and they are wearing wigs, there's that different look every day. So there is actually a much, and of course when I went into the research um, for the hairdressing side of it, I started realizing that there are lots of people wearing wigs out there. And not um, not necessarily just from, a, from an appearance perspective. There are a lot of people out um, in the world that are experiencing different levels of alopecia um, or like partial hair loss. Um, and at that most recent training we had in Halifax, I had somebody from New Brunswick come in who actually makes wigs. And, but they deal with a lot of people who have been, for example, in car accidents or they've had a pretty significant cancer of the brain and like you know half the scalp has been removed so you've got a major deformity there and then how to rebuild a wig with some sort of a prosthesis to actually balance out the scalp and have hair on it or young girls young girls like 14 15 year old that have just got loss of hair due to some other health issue that they have in them so there's actually a huge place for wigs, um, even though we, you know, by license, estheticians don't do hair. But if you know about this information, it's very, very helpful to pass on. It's the same thing with the hairstylist learning about breast forms and mastectomy bras. Mm-hmm. It's like, really, what is a hairstylist going to do with a breast form? But they can inform them, and they t- uh, they linked up with a local um, boutique that, specializes in breast forms and stuff like that. And they learned about the breast and the different type of breast forms, you know, the different sizes, the different types. Some of them can stick to the skin, some of them don't. Um, It's quite amazing when you put yourself into the world of somebody that has to live with this that you actually see that just that little bit of information uh, for your client is going to actually be very, very helpful. It's a great business-to-business opportunity, too, what you just said. Absolutely. So smart, and I would encourage everybody to definitely explore all these opportunities and start referring to a circle of people that will be catering to that same client. What an opportunity! All right, yeah. great. Well, let's move on to what do they need to be trained on. So let's say I signed up or I need to start offering this, or I would like to start offering oncology, whether it's hairstyling or aesthetics. What do I need to be trained on? 
I think that the most important things is that a person needs to be trained on the disease, okay? That, of course, is a total must because what is going on in the body, and I, when I look at this, I'm not looking at it from, well, the person's going through cancer treatment now because there's two different scenarios here. You can have somebody going through cancer treatment now. Or in actual fact, let's step back even further. You might have a regular client that's coming to face, for facials every month. Um, and we'll work with the scenario of skin cancer. So perhaps you, as a esthetician uh, or a beauty therapist, you recognize a changing lesion on the skin, and you keep bringing it to the attention of your client and say, you know, I keep seeing changes here. Perhaps you need to go and see the doctor, and this is your first approach. And then maybe you get a little bit more firm with her and say, you know, I'm still noticing changes here on your face. You really should just go and have that checked out. It is so important that we understand what's going on in that person's mind from a psychological component. Remember, we have now informed them that there is something that's going on on their skin. So at that point, you're starting to sit, the patient or the client is starting to sit and think, oh, um, is this something I need to worry about? Is this going to increase their anxiety level? Like, do I really need to see the doctor or do I just ignore it and not go and see the doctor? And this can go on, and then something might prompt them to go off to the medical doctor, and the doctor takes a look at it and says, well, oh, either it's nothing, and the person goes, oh, I'm so relieved, or the doctor says, well, you know what, let's do a biopsy of it, let's send it off, and let's see what the results are. Then there's another elevation into the psychological component as to, oh, well, what if it comes back and it's negative, or what if it comes back if it's positive? Obviously, positive is what everybody wants, but now there's you know more alarm bells going off because like what if it, this is cancer? So there becomes um, the set of emotional stuff that goes on, and then the doctor's office calls you, and they don't say over the phone, oh by the way, yes you have cancer. Usually they say uh, your test results have come back. You need to come in and see the doctor. And straight away people, you know, now all of a sudden the bus just runs you over because now you've been called into the doctor's office. Uh, usually they don't call you in if things are good. So you have right. to now go and visit with the doctor. So there's all this, and then even when the person's going through cancer treatment, there's a flurry of emotions that are happening. So stepping back into the spa world, you've got a client who starts to change in things that the way that they think and the anxiety level and everything when they're having regular treatments with you whilst they're going through this whole process with the doctor. So understanding the psychological component is really important. The second thing is if you do understand what's going on with this disease and then like your client comes back and they say, oh my gosh, I got stage three breast cancer and then they give you the whole spiel on that, if you know about this disease, you know stage three is going to require some pretty aggressive treatment. And pretty aggressive treatment is going to bring a whole bout of probably well, quite a lot of side effects. So it's knowing about whether the client's going through treatment or whether they've completed treatment. And so just jumping forward now, if somebody has completed cancer treatment, let's say they completed cancer treatment two, three years ago, you can't actually say, well, you're absolutely fine now. Yes, they're the new normal, but there are some residual effects from cancer treatment that continue to be there with that person for life. Okay, Sometimes you might have, for example, radiation therapy, 
Radiation, external beam particularly, may present with fibrosis, but the fibrosis, which is almost um, scar-like tissue in the path of radiation, um, that may not be bad during treatment and just once they've completed treatment, but maybe two, three, four, five, six years down the line, that area starts to become more and more fibrotic and tougher and tougher. So there are actually some issues that um, one has to think about from a long-term perspective or if somebody has had cancer treatment before. And the most important thing, obviously, is communicating with the client and so learning to communicate effectively so that you can get all the right information from them so that you can adapt any spa treatment that you're working with. If a client comes in and they want waxing from you, if they just want their brows tinted, if they just want a facial, if they just want reflexology from you, what is it that you need to do to make a, an adaptation to the treatment that will ensure that it is actually safe for them? Now, something that I do want to bring up here and why it is important to know some of these things is like, let's look at the cancer of the brain or brain metastases, for example. There are many side effects to even vital organs in the body from cancer. Sometimes you can get a cancer of an organ or that particular type of cancer spreads to an organ. And how many times do we even think about organ involvement? We don't. But the brain sits in that head area, so as estheticians, I'm going to focus on the head area. If somebody happens to have brain cancer, now remember sometimes a person can have a tumor developing and there are absolutely no symptoms of it. Or perhaps symptoms start to be headaches, nausea, a person could start to have seizures, maybe they'll have some neck pain, stiffness, memory loss or confusion, problems with balance is a multitude of different types of side effects. They may only experience one. They may experience more than one. Now, if a person is going to go through chemotherapy, they can get something called chemo brain or uh, brain fog. So how are we modifying our treatments? And this is a person who's going through treatment and a person who has completed treatment. Sometimes brain fog can stay with a person for life. So any time you've had a client who's had chemotherapy and they have experienced or experienced chemo brain or brain fog, communicating with this patient is necessary because they don't remember a lot of details. The details may be very, very foggy. So you might be asking them a whole bunch of questions for the intake form and you'll get some very vague details about that. And they also might miss some really important information um, which you do need for any type of adaptations. Now, another thing to remember, too, is to keep your questions very short and simple. So sometimes you might just have to say, um, are your lab counts okay today? The answer is either yes or no. So sometimes just using your questions in the right format will get an answer. Um, you've got to be realistic that when you're working with somebody who has chemo brain or brain fog that regular spa appointments with them, they may not always keep them, not because they don't want to be there. Yes, there's going to be the odd occasion where a doctor's appointment is more important than an appointment in a spa. But truly, chemo brain or brain fog is very, very real. They will miss them. So you've got to try and think of how you can send reminders to your client. Because if your client doesn't turn up, you're sitting there with an empty gap in your day and you're losing money at the same time. So you've got to be realistic on how you monitor this particular client with chemo brain. So perhaps you um, you manage to connect with a family member 
of the actual client and engage them in the process. And so you can send reminders via text to each, to both the client and a family member um, so that you make sure that everybody, that the person is coming in. On the other hand, if a person is used to a pattern so that they can try and remember, let's say you do a facial with somebody every month on Friday at 3 o'clock. Stick to the same time and that last Friday of every month instead of changing appointments around. Again, this is less confusing for somebody with chemo brain. And the last thing about chemo brain that I'll say here is you've got to be flexible and compassionate in this regard. Um, there are spas that have a 24-hour policy, and so you have to do a little bit of extra work just to keep reminding the client to come in because you will lose money at the end of the day, but you do need to be compassionate and understand that this is a very real thing that that sure. particular client is actually undergoing. So sure. really important um, to know and to be able to get a good understanding of other things other than just the fact that you're getting trained to work with cancer patients. Because I can teach you anything um, in those three days that we have in our foundation course. And that's simply what a foundation course is. We're giving you a good foundation. But the minute you start to work with people that are living with cancer, you start to get some experience. It's amazing how much they will teach you. And this is where you start to build up your experience. Now, do they have to get approval from their doctors before you start working on them? This is a very tricky question, and my answer is going to be yes, and I'm going to clarify um, why I say it's a tricky question. When somebody is going through cancer treatment, it is really important to reach out to one of the people in that medical team that's taking care of that person. First of all, sometimes uh, these, some of these medical professionals don't know what we do. Uh, they don't know what a, a facial is. They don't know what, um, you know, I, I don't know what they, like reflexology. I know some medical professionals don't even know what reflexology is. So generally speaking, if they're not familiar with what it is that their patient is going to a spa for, they may automatically just say, don't do it. So they will stop the client from coming to you in your spa during cancer treatment. And why? Because for the safety of their client. If, for example, they administer some chemotherapy drugs and they know for sure that the chemotherapy drugs are going to um, cause a syndrome called hand-foot syndrome, they are going to tell their client, do not go for a hand-and-foot massage. And it's not about trying to shut out the esthetician at that point. It's about the safety of the, the patient. And they don't, because heat and friction are contraindication to hand-foot syndrome. Um, on the other hand, how do you connect with the doctor if you've got the client actually sitting in your spa and you sit there and say, oh, well, now I need to talk to your doctor and get permission. It's highly unlikely that you're going to get hold of the doctor that day. So this also becomes a communication thing with your client if you happen to know that they're going through cancer treatment. It's like, is there any way that you could get permission from your doctor to come and have treatments with me just so that we know that your lab counts and everything else are absolutely fine for me to work on you? Um, you know, there's also the privacy laws as well. So sometimes if you just land up calling a doctor's office, they may not admit that that is their actual patient. They may not answer any questions for you. So sometimes you have to try and engage the, the actual, your actual client as well. Sometimes you exactly. may not even know. 
Exactly. And you know what? And, Dory, here's the truth of it. I mean, people come to a spa because they're coming for a reason, whether it's relaxation, whether it's just like time out from everybody, um, whether they've got a skin-related issue or whatever. They're coming to you for a reason. And to try and to sit there and then say to them, well, I cannot work on you today, um, try and put yourself in the shoes of that moment of rejection. It's not a very, very nice feeling. So, again, it requires a lot of questions, and I don't mean questions by probing into the person's private life and stuff. It's questions that pertain to the treatment that the client wants. Right. That's why you've got to know what side effects um, the client is having at the time that they have the treatment because that way you can try and modify it. You may not be an expert. You may not have attended our trainings to actually even learn about it, but there's some people that are intuitively really good with this kind of stuff, and they will communicate very quietly with the client and say, okay, tell me what's going on with you today so that I can try and make a modification, or do you have a recommendation? Sometimes a person will come in with a port, which is in the decollete area, and they will say, don't touch my chest area. Just do a facial to the clavicle, to yeah, to your clavicle area. So that some people will categorically tell you that. So my recommendation is, yes, to try and get permission, and you might have to, to work ahead of time to do that. Uh, the other thing that I do recommend is that every single time the client comes to you, have them actually sign off. No, they're not filling out that whole form again. Simply three sentences uh, I acknowledge that I am no longer, uh, I have no added side effects, I haven't changed my medications um, and whatever from the last time that they visited, just so that they are also reminded about telling a person, because sometimes a person that's going through treatment is also forgetful, and they may not tell you that they've changed medications. What if they were going through chemo and they were on a particular um, cocktail and they were having such bad side effects from that one and then the doctors changed it to a different cocktail and now you've got a different set of side effects. So it's important every single time the person comes in that you just ask them very briefly, any changes since the last time you uh, were here with your drugs, with your side effects, with any of your um, you know, supplements and that kind of stuff so that you can modify and adapt. And that's why, you know, when we teach spas also from the, not only because we want to be able to design programs for them, but instead of just coming into your treatment room, barely asking them any questions and start doing the facial, that just kills me when I see people do that. That's why that whole consultative approach is so important, especially if it's their first visit, they haven't been there for a while. It's so important to sit down and really ask these questions and find out a little bit more about them. So if you don't, then you could get yourself really in trouble. You have to be careful. So let me ask you a little bit about the documents uh, that are needed, uh, Morag. When someone goes through your educational programs on teaching them how to be able to get certified for oncology aesthetics, do you give them the different documents, like samples of documents that they will receive so they can use yes, them? Yes, yes. Now, um, what we have currently is, like, we have worksheets for all the cancer treatments and then all the various um, side effects that one can encounter. Now, granted, I'll give you a huge list of side effects and you, a, a particular client may never experience all of them, but we, there's a whole multitude of them and we give the adaptations that are connected to that particular one. Then the intake form that I have, which I believe is about eight pages long, and I know people freak out when they hear eight pages, and it's not about 
you do not give it to the client. You, as the professional, are supposed to go through there, and there's two components to it. There is uh, a cancer history and currently going through cancer treatment, and obviously currently going through cancer treatment has a lot more questions. But there's, it's almost like a cheat sheet um, intake form because all the side effects that we discuss in the training about from oncologic surgery, for example, are listed there, and all you have to do is just tick them. So you're going to say, okay, well, do you have any scar tissue or any poor wound healing or any pain in the area or where was the incision on that? It's tick, 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 and maybe the odd space for writing. So it's not like you're just spending hours just writing, but it's it's really important that um, this eight pages is completed. Again, if you can get all the contents, as long as somebody doesn't have chemo brain. Once you've got that, it's comprehensive. It really does need about 15 minutes added to each um, first consultation that you have with the client. And there are many spas out there that will turn around and say, well, no, we don't have time to do that kind of stuff. They're going to be estheticians and beauty therapists that work for somebody or work in a spa environment where the spa director or the owner of the spa doesn't actually truly understand the importance of asking these questions, and so they're never really granted that much time. Now, if if an esthetician finds themselves in that role, I would take, me personally, I would take the responsibility on myself that once I've got that person in the room, I would try and get, um, in a very short space of time, try and get as much detail as I can from them and actually mark it down or put it into their file or at least have a record of it because, as you mentioned, if somebody if, if somebody just comes and they have a regular spot treatment and nobody makes any modifications and perhaps the spot treatment has been too taxing on the body, that person's gonna walk away from that spa feeling unwell. And anything else could you imagine doing I'm sorry? appeal on someone could you imagine doing appeal on someone not knowing, for example, they're going through treatments or Exactly. Mean, so that, and so is there Right, and so now you might like, I mean, that could lead to a liability issue. So you have to be well prepared for what you actually do. So it is important. Sure. Now, there's also in our training manuals um, a little sign-in um, form as well for people that come back on a regular basis, you know, are there any changes in that. There's also an example of a permission form for the doctor that you can give to the client to give to the doctor. So they are, and we do recommend that each um Esthetician take it to their own lawyer and make sure that it fits in with their, um, you know, their guidelines within the state or the province or the country that they're in. So it's, it's simply a sample, but there are examples of them in our training manual. That's great. Well, that's very helpful. I mean, that alone is worth it to have in your library to make sure that you're treating your clients in the proper manner. So what kind of treatments can someone, what would be like some of the most popular treatments maybe to offer for a person that's undergoing some kind of treatment or maybe if they are? You know, what people come for a lot is the psychological component is either to be touched or to be listened to. Uh, because when somebody's going through cancer treatment, there is no point, like for example, if somebody develops a bit of hyperpigment, uh, hyperpigmentation during treatment, what's the point of treating that then when they continue on those same medications for the next two or three months? So whilst they're going through treatment, a lot of people will come for facials, they'll come for massage, they'll come for manicures, pedicures, some of them will come for like brow reconstruction 
or uh, some help with corrective makeup because of imperfections and rashes and that on the skin. So every one of them, though, has to be modified because the other thing that we don't always think about is, like, let's say, all right, well, we offer an hour facial or one-and-a-half-hour facial, uh, and you get somebody coming in for the facial, and you go ahead and you just do a regular European facial, whatever it is that you're doing for the client. Mm-hmm. That client might not be able to handle one-and-a-half hours. They might not be right. able to handle an hour. Right. So you have to, again, adapt according to some of the side effects the client has because fatigue is a huge factor with cancer and cancer treatment. Uh, and that happens with surgery and then, of course, chemotherapy and radiation. And if the client has had to have all three of those, then, of course, the fatigue is cumulative. And we're not right. talking about fatigue like somebody's running a marathon. We're talking about fatigue from somebody who's truly exhausted, um, who has to drag their bodies out of bed just to get to the bathroom type of thing. So it really, really is important. And um, the touch aspect and being very, very mindful of the person. We have to watch our energy levels as well. Some of us are, like myself, are a little bit boisterous and whatever. And, you know, we can be quite loud. And when somebody's no, not, not feeling you. well... well if you're a little bit loud i mean it's a bit heavy on somebody who's fatigued so and honestly i always see um estheticians and beauty therapists that attend our trainings and i can see which ones get hired in the medical settings it's usually the quiet silent types Mm -hmm. it's those that sit back and just listen they're good listeners they are gentle in their approach. They're definitely not boisterous and loud. So um, one energy level definitely can affect the person too. But touch is a huge component of that. And, you know, I am truly amazed sometimes when I do watch people massaging and I see them using just their fingertips. And I'm like, you know, you have full hands of energy and full hands to touch somebody. Why are you just using your fingertips? It's just kind of... I mean, look, there's some movements that require, you know, like working around the eyes where you would use your fingertips. But when somebody's sitting there and you're just like massaging their decollete and then you're using your fingers, it's like consider putting your full hand on them. There are going to be situations where you can't do any movement on them because movement can trigger and even just the touch can trigger off emotions as well. You might just touch somebody and they might just burst into tears. It's almost like energy healing, which is such a positive experience. And you can just hold them. You don't even have to move. And that positivity going from you to them and the positive thoughts and just a wonderful feeling. It's very important. Actually, I was going to ask you another question about massage, though, like body massage. Right. Is that that safe for them? Because you're stimulating all the, the body and the lymph nodes and... You know, it's so interesting. I've just been listening to some webinars with Tracy Walton, who is one of the experts in oncology massage, and um, she talks about what people are taught at school about full-body massage and how we're all taught that um, your Swedish massage, like your FRIs, petrosage, and compressions, um, actually will stimulate the circulation uh, and help remove toxins from the body. And there's a lot of question marks around that. Now, Obviously, when somebody's not well, you're not going to be using a deep tissue massage on them. And what is very, very true is some people, even though they have been sick and they've gone through treatment and that, they are used to having deep tissue massage. So they will come back to the spa and say, 
I've, I would like to have a deep tissue massage. And you might find a therapist, um, whether it's a massage therapist or an esthetician, saying, well, you know what, You've, you know, I think we should just modify this for today and just see how that goes. No, 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 I want a deep tissue massage. Well, the, you're going to have to be firm but very very kind to the person because you're going to have to try and explain to them your body's still recovering from cancer treatment. We need to inch forward slowly on this. We need to just take the slow approach. We can't just go diving in there and do tissue massage because you might not feel well. Right. You know, the body's still healing, and then we come along and we create all this vigorous massage there, and so now the person sits down and she's exhausted and says, oh, my gosh, now I'm feeling absolutely terrible afterwards. Yeah, you might be better off actually doing body wraps and then with just a light massage at the end. Well, if, if it's a, a soothing and hydrating body body wrap, absolutely. Right. Um, heat is quite is contraindicated for quite a lot of um, different side effects from cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have to be just really careful with the the heat side of it. But also on the same question of massaging and that sometimes, I mean, there is a myth, and it's still, believe it or not, it's important schools that. When somebody's going through cancer treatment, you mustn't massage them because you're going to spread the cancer. Mm-hmm. And it has been categorically proved that you are not actually spreading the cancer. And again, this is why during the training you have to learn what happens in the body when cancer is triggered off. Nobody truly understands within every single person what triggers off cancer in a specific per- per- uh, person. But there are lots of risk factors and, you know, Sun is one of them. You know, we know that lying in the sun uh, and getting burnt all the time can cause a mutation in the layers of the epidermis, and then you land up with your basal cell or squamous cell carcinoma. Well, that's one of the biggest but, problems because they don't use sunscreen, and that's one thing I think estheticians and spas as a whole, they don't enforce that big enough. I think every single person should be walking out of your spa with a sunscreen, yet I don't see that hardly ever happening. It's really important to understand that you do need X amount of sun a day, but it's like 20 minutes and not in the middle of the day when it's extremely hot. You need that for your vitamin D, but at the same time, protecting your sun, particularly uh, protecting your skin, particularly if you're in a very, very hot, warm climate. Um, but also, sorry, coming back to spreading the massage, um, no. And you know what? And then people will say, well, what about the um, like your blood and lymph cancers, your lymphoma and your leukemia? Well, obviously, the person's going through cancer treatment, so you need to modify and adapt. Mm-hmm. You cannot just treat that person, oh, well, because essentially the cancer is in the blood and it's in the lymphatic system. But the big question mark is, are you actually stimulating the circulation? And you really shouldn't be trying to stimulate the circulation because of the pressure perspective mm-hmm. um, when somebody's going through cancer treatment. How do you know that the person doesn't have a, a poor platelet count? That will cause lots of bruising. So you might have to modify your pressure quite dramatically. Right. Well, good. That was great information. Let's talk a little bit about skincare products because I'm sure there are some skincare products out there that are very good and some that might be harmful. What are some of your favorite products that you usually recommend for people going through cancer? You know, this is an, another area that I tell estheticians and beauty therapists, they really need to be accountable for their choices here. Um, I find some people are pretty irresponsible when it comes to, oh, well, I use the skincare line and the skincare line is safe to use. Well, based on what? Mm-hmm. 
based on what you've been taught about the product, but have you actually even worked on somebody with a seriously compromised skin? So people do need to be very, very, um, very responsible when they sit and say that they're um, actually using, you know, ideal product for that. So there's there's a way that I approach that, and I look at specific skincare lines. I'm not opposed to any one per se, but I've looked at a lot of them, and the few that I work with, I have found within their lines that they'll have two, three, six products that are very, very um, safe to use based on just our experience, based on their labels and what I have seen is in their product. In other words, their formulations or their labels are actually quite clean. Um, we've had experience working with them, but even with experience, you can still get reactions. Um, and so I try, and, and again, the choice of skincare products too. If somebody's going through treatment, they come into your spa, you have to cut back from a home care regime as well as doing a spa treatment is concerned because you're putting essentially, for lack of a better word, you're putting a lot of chemicals on somebody's skin. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody's going through like uh, toxic chemotherapy and their bodies are also trying to get rid of some, some of the toxic drug in the body and now you're putting a whole bunch more chemicals on the skin, you're not helping the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to keep it simple. And I understand that certain spas, there's a requirement for retail, but you're going to have to be flexible when it comes to the person that's going through keep treatment. The best time to help them out, I mean, well, you're helping them out during treatment by protecting, soothing, and hydrating the skin during treatment. And, of course, sun protection is necessary for most of those people. Then you've got post-treatment. That's when uh, you can start working with your anti-aging. If somebody happens to have hyperpigmentation and stuff like that, you can work there. But a lot of ladies in particular are very concerned after they've had chemotherapy because they feel like they've aged 10 years. So that's when the anti-aging products can come in. But some anti-aging products are aggressive, so you have to, again, inch forward slowly. You might have five different people who have just finished chemotherapy, the same regime of chemo, and they come into your spa, and you're going to find that one person might be able to start with a more aggressive treatment, and for more of them, it might take another month or two months or three months before they can even get back to their new normal. And the new normal means that if you used to do a very aggressive treatment, like a microdermabrasion, at a certain level on them prior to cancer treatment, it's very possible you will not be able to use the same level of um, uh, the same depth with microderm in their new normal. So some of the products that you're asking me about, there's one in Canada here called Aquafolia, and she has some rescue products which are pretty amazing um, for stopping a reaction. Christina is based out of Israel, and I, they have, um, I'm trying to remember, they have a component of their line which is very specific for compromised skins. Dr. Spiller has the Alphenrausch line, and that is the, with the EcoCert certification and organic, and um, there's about six or seven products in there that are great. Osmosis have um, a combination of skincare and cosmetic products, which are very effective. Techniche is made specifically for health challenges, so it's fragrance-free in that. There are some amazing products within that line. Um, I've also come into contact with products like Sunshine Botanicals. There's another company here in Canada that has little bamboo wipes. Um, It's actually bamboo wipes with a cleanser infused into them. So 
a lot of these work for everybody, but you're going to get that odd person that actually has a reaction to stuff. Um, so one has to be really well prepared for, do you have in your arsenal just a grouping of products that can actually just stop a reaction? And that's the question that I pose to every esthetician or beauty therapist on this call. Do you have in your little arsenal of products something that will immediately stop a reaction? Because something I have found to be amazing is a peppermint hydrosol. And if somebody's having a reaction, you remove the product from their face immediately and you literally spray a peppermint hydrosol on their skin. It'll give a temporary anesthetic effect. Uh, and then once you've actually stopped that irritation to the skin, the, your next process has to think about now what can I safely use on this person because their skin has already reacted today. So yeah. you've got to be well prepared for that. Yeah. You know, out of the list that you named, uh, one of my favorites is Dr. Spiller. They actually have uh, one of the very few actually real certification on some of, like they have, I think, four or five products that are actually real certified organic. Right. Like, not just they do, blanking. absolutely. They, they are actually certified organic, Dr. Spiller. Yeah. I, actually, I'm using them right now. I love this brand. It's great. Oh, yeah, you know. yeah. Did they're from Germany, actually, but their the distributor, yep. Andrea, is in Georgia, and they distribute to the U.S., and I, I really like them. Yeah, I work with the Canadian distributor, and um, our Italian uh, director, she works with Dr. Spiller. Um, I think they're Italian distributor, but, yeah, they are based in Germany, and um, they are definitely have the highest certification there for the, the organic well, the time is just going by so quickly here. What would be an ideal time for a treatment, do you think? What, what's the length of a service? Well, you know what? Again, that's going to depend on the person's side effects because, look, you've got to go into a treatment with an intent. The client is coming to you for, with an intent as well. The client books to have a facial with you. So her intention is to relax and maybe get some hydration or maybe anti-aging and whatever. So your intent is to follow her direction and say, okay, we're going to do the hydration and the anti-aging and that. But what if things start to go belly up when you're going through the treatment? Mm -hmm. What if she has this reaction that we're talking about? Mm -hmm. Her skin may not be able to handle having that okay. full hour session. So you may have to cut that down to a half right. an hour or something. But that right. doesn't mean... Stop the client. Say sorry, can't do anything. Um, whatever. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you'll be. There's some strange people out there, but you can. At that point, if the skin is reacting, is there something that I can do to put on your skin, like a mask? We can leave it there, like just let it soothe, cool down, whatever. Exactly. Can I can work on your feet? Can I work on your hands? Can I offer you a scalp right. massage? Something right. else. Yeah. You can still have that full hour, but if you can't because the energy level is too much, like in other words, they don't have the energy to have somebody touching and working with them for an hour. Yeah. You're going to find in the medical settings when people are not that well that usually a half an hour actually is the best for that. But if they're well enough to come to a spa, generally speaking, they should be able to have an hour with the esthetician. And again, they have to use their heads and and watch for the situations and uh, react accordingly. So they have to really Absolutely. be aware of what they're doing. And if they're just on autopilot going through the motions, 
that's not the time to do that <laughs> for sure. They yeah, need to be absolutely. In the yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, we said what kind of treatments they can offer from whether it's facials, massage to hand and foot massage or full body massage. Those are all different kind of treatments. Now, should they offer different pricing, you think, for those type of clients, or should it be just the same as everybody else? You know, yeah, Dory, this is where I find people amazing, and this is where I challenge estheticians when they ask that kind of question to me. I say to them, okay, so you want to offer somebody going through cancer treatment, you want to offer them, what, uh, half price or 10% off or whatever. Now, my question to them is, are you offering a, a person with diabetes, with celiac disease, with a systemic lupus, are you going to offer them a 50% off or a 10% off as well? Right. Because something people don't think about is chemotherapy is not just administered for cancer treatment. It's administered to people with rheumatoid arthritis, systemic lupus, uh, scleroderma, um, a couple of your autoimmune diseases and stuff like that, or hepatitis C. So people could have other diseases, and they could also be going through chemotherapy, but are you going to offer them a 50% discount or a 10% discount? Right. I think that you have to be very selective in how you approach it. And also I have heard from people going through cancer treatment that if they see on your small menu that the cost of your facial is $80, they're expecting to pay $80. If you suddenly just discount them at the last minute, are you being sympathetic? Mm-hmm. And they don't like that. Right, exactly. You can be empathetic. Right. Uh, you can turn around and say, you know, perhaps this is a, maybe you have a special deal for the month or something and just say, you know what, for caregivers and cancer patients, we're offering a 10% this month. But okay. to actually sit down, you've got to put yourself in the shoes of the person some of them will appreciate it. Some of them will absolutely say, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you gave me a discount. Others will say, you know what, it's almost offensive to them. Mm-hmm. So honestly, the, I've also got estheticians that offer a sliding scale. And it's entirely their choice on how they do it and how the person that's living with cancer is going to approach that. Um, one of them is my, a friend of mine in Halifax, and she has um, a sliding scale, and it's up to the person to pay what they feel the service was worth. Interesting. Well, I'm but all about you know what? You're, I think you you're putting yourself through the training. You're considering yeah. yourself an expert in that area. Right. And, you know, why are you wanting to discount your services? Well, I think it should be the same price. If not, it's, it's yeah. You can have a separate maybe rack card or something focusing and helping you promote oncology aesthetics, but it should not be you know, discounted by any means. It should be just right, right. what you offer everybody else. And right. that's really now, a way to market it. Yeah, and having a separate little rack card can help, but when it comes to just like your general spa menu, try and keep everything the same because people that are going to cancer treatment don't want to be singled out. They want to be treated like they're normal people. Um, and it's the same thing I'm finding that um, graduates, there's, there's a couple of things with wording that is causing some concern. Um, I've had a couple of graduates actually put on their spa menus that they're offering oncology consultations and oncology treatments, and that is so not on because onco- health, um, health departments and uh, oh, medical sorry, oncologists and that, you're not offering medical treatments. You're offering right. skin care. So you need to right. very, be very specific. You're offering oncology skin care services. Right. 
you're not on, you know. And same thing with um, a spa menu when we have graduates actually saying, well, we're offering an oncology facial. Well, put yourself in two, in two pairs of shoes here. Sometimes a person going through cancer treatment will appreciate the fact that there is a separate designation and a facial specifically modified for her. On the other hand, would that facial appeal to anybody without cancer? So your regular spa client is going to go whooping right past that and say, well, I don't have cancer. I don't need an oncology facial. So really the best outcome is you have your set menu, but you maybe asterisk one or two of your facials that you think would be absolutely suitable for somebody that's got a compromised scan. Put an, a little asterisk at the bottom and say, these treatments are recommended for those people with health challenges and they are modified according to your side effects or something like that. And that way you don't have to have all these these separate uh, spa menus and stuff like that. But if you're going to do an event, for example, then you can have something separate. And it's, it's, it's more related to the event and say people that are coming in for the event can get a discount or whatever it is and then have something very specific for that. Yeah, I think you should have a separate landing page on your website. I think you should have a rack card if you are going to speak to cancer patients and going to separate events like this where you're actually speaking about that topic because that's going to help position you as the expert that you are, showing that you are certified to be able to work on people undergoing such treatments. So if you use it that way, then I think that's going to help you position yourself better. Yeah. That would be good. Let me talk a little bit about marketing here so they get some ideas of how to market. I just mentioned the website. I think you should have a separate landing page for your website talking about your certification, all the studies that you have undergone to be able to work and provide safe environment and safe treatment to people like you call them with um what did you, what was the word challenge skin or what was the word you used? No, medically challenged skin or something like that. You used the word anyway. Oh, uh, I use health challenge skins. Health challenge skin. So that's a good way to present it. So you don't have to necessarily say, you know, the word oncology aesthetics, but that's up to you. But your website will be a big thing for you to do. And then the URL of that landing page should say uh, either oncology aesthetics or things like that. So if somebody is searching for facials, for that particular need, then your page will come up and you'll be able to address what they need. So that's one way to do it. The other thing you might want to do, definitely events. I would love for you, again, to position yourself like the expert. You should go and volunteer your time and do lectures on oncology aesthetics or how you help people, uh, whether it's for skin care, whether it's for hair, like we started this discussion there are so many lectures that you can do to offer these guys help on how to take care of their skin and how to regain their skincare health. So that would be a great thing. You could do. Dory, can I just um, add something to that? Um, sure. I just want it to be pretty clear that when people are promoting their services, that they're referring them to as oncology skincare services and not oncology aesthetics, because that is trademarked for training and training material. So it gets confusing. So if they're talking about oncology skincare, the other thing is when they present any esthetician, once you've gone through our training and that, when you present yourself as an expert, talk about it from your own personal perspective. 
because you you know to come in and say well I'm an expert in oncology aesthetics um, and you can get very severely challenged by medical professionals uh, and if you don't know what you're doing then you can run into a sticky spot so you're going to promote yourself um, as certified and trained and an expert in oncology skincare uh, and talk about it from your own personal perspective well, and course. talk about the educational <laughs> side of it. I'm sure they're not going to go in there and say I'm an expert and I hope they're not anyway. The way you yeah. present yourself as the expert is by sharing success stories and ways that you have helped other people. Yes, Definitely. yes, I, yes. I hope yes. that they're not going to go in there and say I'm an expert, listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty bad. But anyway. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it's the same thing with writing articles. I mean, I think when you come from a, a, a kind of a neutral stance, mm-hmm. I, then then you're, you seem to be, when I say neutral, like I just want to write about skincare. I mean, this is what we all are. We're skincare mm-hmm. professionals. Right. So we should have a basic understanding of skincare. And there Absolutely. are lots of people that go through cancer treatment that don't even know what a cleanser is. So that's why I'm saying keep it simple and say, well, we'll show you that there are a variety of cleansers that one can use. And if you're going through cancer treatment, you want to use something that's hydrating for the skin. You don't have to get into a lot of detail. It can be kept very simple and it can be very, very effective that way. Right. Okay, let me move on because we are running out of time and I still want you to tell them about your course. So the other thing that they can also do is uh, I was starting to talk about was the educational videos. So doing little video, little mini videos that you can uh, put on YouTube with, again, either success stories or ways that you can help people or certain treatments that you offer that are soothing and helpful, I would definitely grab that video camera and start doing maybe some of those videos. And the videos would be nice to post on your website on that landing page that I was speaking about or put them also on YouTube or do both. Now, if you are going to do some social media marketing, uh, the beautiful thing about Facebook right now is that you can target a certain audience. So you could do a specific campaign uh, promoting certain type of facial or massage, and it's a great way for you to reach out to people in need within your community. So those are just some quick little things that you can do as far as marketing your things. But events are definitely a great way to tap into the community and be able to offer uh, some of your time and really make a difference. I think when you give to others, things come to you. So I think that would be a great thing for you to focus on. The other thing you can do is comment on other blogs or our oncology sites. You can go and give some input, some feedback. Uh, Stay connected with the community. Those are all things that you can definitely uh, focus on. Maura, why don't you go ahead and tell them a little bit about your course since we're right at the hour. So how can they find out more about them and what do they actually entail? Okay, well, the Oncology Aesthetics um, a Practitioner's Guide can be purchased through Allared or uh, that's Allared, A-L-L-U-R-E-D.com. Um, also can be found on Amazon and we also have it on our website um, and if you go on to the oti-oncologytraining.com website, you can find uh, everything in the OE store. Uh, so right at the very top right-hand side, there's a link that says OE store, and there you will have webinars, trainings in the different countries. You can have retail items that you can purchase, the books and all that kind of stuff. So everything is on the website. OTI stands for Oncology Training International. 
O T I dash O N C O L O G Y training dot com. So you can go there and you got it. All about the courses and how to get certified and attend some of the training and also get Morag's book. So if you're serious about getting involved. It's definitely a great place for you to go and find out everything that you need about it. I would definitely get certified, you guys. Don't try to do something like this without learning and gaining the education. You know, I'm always harping about education, so please go get certified before you do anything else. Are you going to give them any kind of special offer at all for our... Yes, absolutely. Um, (laughs) Yes, um, we also offer group coaching sessions, and generally speaking, that's $95, and it's because it's for three hours. It's done online, um, and I am limited to space. So if anybody's interested on that, they can get $20 off that. So it'll be $75 instead of $95. There's a code um, that can be inserted for that, and that is. Um, I-N-S-P-A, like INSPAR for inspiration, at 2015. So I-N-S-P-A-2015. Very good. So that's nice. That's a great way to start, too, with that. So that's great. Now, if um, those of you that would like to also learn a little bit more, I know we had quite a few solopreneurs on the call and there are many solopreneurs that actually take Morag's course. So if you're interested in expanding your business, we have an entire program for solopreneurs. You can go to coachmesilver.com, coachmesilver.com, and if you insert the code EXPERT, you'll be able to also save on that membership. So you got two specials here, one from Morag and one from me. So coachmesilver.com, code EXPERT. And again, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. Well, we are right at the hour, and thank you so much, Morag. Do you want okay. to take a couple questions? Let's do a couple. So this is from Anna. How will I know when not to perform a treatment? That's actually a great question. Well, uh, for example, Anna, if somebody, if you know somebody has poor lab counts or you might just touch somebody and they immediately bruise, um, that would be a clear-cut indication of not to actually touch um, and to perform. Uh, well, you can Sometimes you can just basically stay stationary but not to move around. Um, other times you will see a person, like typical um, aesthetic concerns, an area of a wound, it may not be completely healed up, so you would not work over that area. A person may have a port in her decollete. Obviously, there's a medical device there with some tubing that goes into the vein, so you would stay away from that area. I would say my biggest concern, uh, a person that may have lymphedema, that's not our jurisdiction to work on lymphedema either, other than just slight lotioning. So, again, it's learning about a lot of the different side effects. Unfortunately, some of them are not noticeable. For example, um, cancer treatment can present with a risk for blood clots, and very often uh, there are times that blood clots, there's no symptoms for it, um, and so blood clots are more prevalent with cancer treatment and with surgery, that's chemo and surgery. Um, so that you don't know about until you start to work on them. Um, also another thing that's sometimes unknown, if you if the client doesn't know that their lab counts, like their neutrophil count is low, um, they're at risk for infection. And, you know, even you that has a sniffle, 
or maybe one of your colleagues in the spa has a cold at the time, this person is going to be at high risk for getting infection and picking up some bugs and bacteria. So again, it's like that's why it's important to come to a training and actually learn about all the different side effects. But um, we talked earlier about hand-foot syndrome as well, which um, heat and friction are contraindicated to the area. So lots of little things. Right, you just have to definitely, I think, gain the education. You hit it right there. If you don't go to the class and get certified, then you're guessing, and guessing is not a way to go, that's for sure. So I have one more question here. I went through your program and loved it. I need help with marketing. What can I do to increase the number of people? Well, I can answer that one. You need to come to the Leap Ahead seminar and learn how to market yourself. We we spend the entire first day talking about marketing, so that would definitely be a good thing. Or you can go to coachmegold.com, coachmegold.com, and we have 24 hours worth of modules that you can learn on how to market your business. So that would be a great um, – I wasn't planning on offering that on special, but if you want to do the Coach Me Gold Go ahead and use the same word, expert, expert as a code, and you also will get a discount. So you can either go to Coach Me Silver if you're a solopreneur or Coach Me Gold if you have a full-blown spa. But uh, either one, you need to definitely market whatever it is that you have, whether it's uh, oncology skincare, whether it's oncology hair, uh, whatever it is, regular spa treatments, you definitely need to market yourself and your products and treatments. So. Dory, just one, one thing I want to add to that. Um, the coaching sessions that we do have, um, and this really pertains to the last question that is asked, um, I do uh, have people coming onto the group coachings, and they can all present up to five different questions that are very specific to them. Uh, and I find that um, estheticians learn from each other that way as well. So you might hear of a couple of questions that another uh, certified oncology esthetician has brought to the table and you'll hear the answers to that and likewise if one person is answering a question uh, or answering uh, asking some questions then everybody else on the call will hear the answers to that as well mm-hmm. so sometimes that's exactly. quite helpful yeah I love uh, peer learning is a great way that's why I love mastermind groups because it's such a great thing to get a group of like-minded people in the room together and you can accomplish a lot so that's Right. Great advice for sure. Well, I want to tell everybody the next call is going to be with Leslie Christian. She's going to be our makeup expert. Uh, Leslie has worked in Hollywood and did makeup of movie stars, and she has her own studio and her own makeup line, and she's going to be sharing how you can generate revenue with makeup. And we didn't even talk about that, but there's a whole avenue with makeup also with people, what they put on their skin there. (laughs) <laughs> don't they? Yeah. All right. It's so important. So I'm very excited about having Leslie next month for the expert panel. And um would love for you to share this with uh, other people that you know that might benefit from this great program. We're bringing to you every single month a different expert. Morag just shared with you all sorts of things for you to – she basically – uh, really, she gave you enough information that got you thinking of what you should do next, which is to go and take the course and offer it in your spa. It's a great way to help your community, and it's a great way to generate a new revenue stream. So, Morag, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great trip to Australia, and keep spreading the word around the world. You go, girl. <laughs> 
Okay, well, thank you, Dory. I appreciate the opportunity, and thank you very much for everybody for being on the call. Thank you. All right, everyone, have a great rest of the month. God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.